Well, God bless you. Let's turn to the scriptures. John chapter 16, verse 17 and, sorry, John chapter 16, verse 7 and 13. John chapter 17, verse 17. And John chapter 8, verse 31, 32, and 36. Again, I'm Grateful to God for how the Lord used uh, Sister Kristen Pope and also uh, Brother Troy and Sister Elisa Van Boris to minister on the last two Sundays. God is good. Amen. Reading from the King James Version. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you. It is expedient. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the comforter... The divine encourager, as a passion translation says, will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. How be it, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that will he also speak, and he will show you things to come. John 17, verse 17 Jesus responds in his prayer, which is found in John 17. He says, sanctify them, that is, sanctify his disciples, his followers, his apostles, by your truth, your word is truth. The word sanctify simply means to set them apart for God to use. And so that's what God always wants to do. We all go through a process of sanctification. He sets us apart so that God can use us. And then John chapter 8, verse 31 32 and 36. Then Jesus said to those Jewish people which believe on him, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples, not believers only, but disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall, I love the King James Version, make you free. Verse 36. If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. I want to speak to you this afternoon on God's blue truth, part three, fact versus reality. Facts versus reality. Let's bow our heads. Father, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Let the eyes of our understanding be enlightened, that we would know what is the hope of our calling and what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance that you have for each and every one of us who are your saints, who are your sanctified ones, who are set apart for your, your use. And help us to know the exceeding greatness of your power towards us who believe is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, according to Paul's prayer in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 16 to 19. I also borrow... Paul's prayer in Ephesians, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. I pray that my speech and my preaching will not be with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but demonstration of spirit, Holy Spirit, and the power that people's faith will not rest in the wisdom of Brian Greene or whatever I can conjure up, but in the power of God. And finally, Lord, I borrow the prayer of the words found in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 4. I pray that you will bear witness to my ministry, both with signs and wonders and divers, different miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to your will. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Well, we're talking about uh, God's blue truth. And one of the things I want to pause here and, and let you know why we're, when we're talking about the Holy Spirit, why are we talking from the book of John? Because the Holy Spirit is mentioned throughout the Bible, but why are we focusing on John? And we're not focusing on John simply because of the scriptures. As you may know, that there are four gospels, four stories of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are called the synoptic gospels. Sin meaning the same, and optic means to see or to look at. That's why we uh, go to an ophthalmologist for our eyesight. And so we, 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 we understand that they are the synoptic gospels, meaning that we're, we're seeing them through the same lens. We're seeing them as the same. You, you will find similar stories and, and, and similar, similar uh, 
uh, parables and scriptures in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and, and not John. And, and so you'll find that, uh, for example, uh, Mark was the first uh, book written, and you, and you discover that many uh, uh, scriptures in Luke and also in Matthew were, were, were pulled from the book of Mark. But John is different. And one of the reasons why John is different is, number one, uh, John is written uh, probably about 25 years after Matthew, Mark, and Luke. In fact, John is, at this time, he is the last apostle living. Out of all the apostles, he's the last one living. And, and, his, and his job is basically to, to tell the, the new generation. And he actually says that in John chapter 20, around verse 30, I believe, he says, I, I've, these things are written so that you would believe. In other words, John was basically uh, at a point where uh, the church realized, well, was thinking that, well, you know, that story about uh, Paul and, and, and Peter and, and, and all of these apostles and these stories of Jesus, they were so far removed away from them that they're like, well, maybe these were fairy tales. Maybe these were just uh, uh, folklore that was passed down from generation to generation. And, and then they realized, wait a minute, there's one more apostle who, who was a live witness, who saw the whole thing. Let us, let us hear what he has to say. So you need to understand that, that John is writing post Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but he's also writing post, post the book of Acts. And so I believe one of, the, one of the reasons why God wants us to focus on the book of John when it comes to the Holy Spirit is because... Uh, the Gospels sort of, sort of look at the Holy Spirit as who and as what. And that, what do you mean? In other words, we see that the Holy Spirit, no, he is, he is doing things and he's at work from, my goodness, from the birth of John the Baptist all the way through the book of Acts, there's the what and the who and, and you see many times the Bible say, for example, uh, Peter speaking filled with the Holy Spirit or Paul, or, or not Paul, uh, uh, Philip and Stephen, just deacons doing miracles because of the power of the Holy Spirit with them. But John, he doesn't talk so much about the who and the what what I love about John is he talks about the how. What do you mean? How the Holy Spirit works with the believer. How the Holy Spirit functions in our lives. And he takes chapter 13, and sorry, chapter 14, 15, and 16, and really explains how we work in partnership with the Holy Spirit. And so one of the things I realized is that the Holy Spirit functions sort of like a blue truth. Not a blue tooth, but a blue truth. What is Bluetooth technology? And again, for those of you who were not with us in the prior weeks, Bluetooth technology is a short-range wireless technology used for exchanging data between devices that are a short distance away. And so what do you mean? So, what I mean is that I can take this device, which is my iPhone, and I have a, a, a speaker, which is a short distance away, because if this speaker was located in my house back, you know, in another city, then you wouldn't be able to hear it. But let's see how this works. Okay, so... So I just gave you the answer, but it might be too late. But you see how I can stand here 
and play the sermon that Troy and Elisa spoke, and it could be heard, and I'm standing roughly, I don't know, maybe about uh, 10, 15 feet away, and my point is, is that the Holy Spirit is God's Bluetooth. What do you mean? The Holy Spirit takes, let's say, what God says, and he is, he is, the, he is the person, not a mechanism, he is the person that makes sure that what God is saying reaches us. We have the ability to say what God says. That's why that song that was sung, okay, as in heaven, so in earth. The Bluetooth, as from the iPhone, so to the speaker, as from the kingdom of God towards us on earth. Without the Holy Spirit, there will be no connection. Are you following me? That's why we need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God's blue truth. He communicates the truth, and that Greek word of the word truth is the Greek word aletheia. That's right, the church aletheia that we know, uh, with a good friend, uh, Pastor uh, Adam Marbury. Uh, aletheia actually means truth. In the Greek. So uh, the Holy Spirit communicates God's truth or the truth of God and the truth of his kingdom to us. We need the Holy Spirit to communicate the truth of God. In other words, the Bible is not enough. Now I know that's going to get me in trouble already, but you need to understand. Even the psalmist understood that the Bible alone is not enough. You need the Holy Spirit to make the word alive. You need the Holy, Lord have mercy, you need the Holy Spirit to open our eyes or else this book will read just like any other book. There are people who study this book. In fact, I was talking to a good friend and they said there are people who go to seminary not because they were called to the ministry because they just want to understand this book better. No sense of calling just want to understand this book. Not realizing that you don't have to go to seminary to understand the book. If you have the Holy Spirit, that's why the psalmist said in Psalm 119, verse 18, open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. In other words, of course his eyes are open to read, but he understands that I need a revelation from the Holy Spirit. He is the revealer of truth. You can't even come to Jesus Christ without the Holy Spirit. You think after hearing a hundred sermons, you just decided to raise your hand and come to Jesus? No, the Holy Spirit woos you. He speaks to you. He convicts you. He convinces you. It is him who draws us to God, and it is him who opens our eyes to the, Holy, to the word of God. He makes it potent. He makes it alive. So it doesn't just read like any other textbook. So what does that mean, bitch? That means before you even do your Bible study, before you even do your devotions, you need to ask Holy Spirit, open my eyes so that I can speak to me, Holy Spirit. Speak to me. And his job is to communicate to us the truth. The truth. So when we look at this scripture, Jesus says to his disciples, his learners, he says, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. I don't like that word set free. I like the word make you free. Why? Because if I'm in jail and I am set free, what that means is that the jailer, are you with me? He's opened the door, but I'm still sitting there. So the door can be open. The jailer can say, you are free to leave, but I can still sit in jail. But to be made free is when 
the jailer opens the door and says, I don't know where you want to go, but you can't stay in here. And he grabs you and kicks you out of the jail. What do you mean? I mean that some, Lord have mercy, sometimes the Holy Spirit explodes in your heart with such a revelation of truth that you can't stay where you were. Oh, that's a good word. That's a good word right there. That even when you want to stay in bondage, the joy of the Lord makes you lift your hands and praise him. Even when you don't feel like praising him. Even when all your circumstances are saying you have nothing to praise God for, the spirit of the Lord comes upon you and says, rejoice in the Lord always. And you can't, and you, you how many of you, how many, come on, can I get a witness? I, I see Elder Neal. How many of you came to church and you just said, I'm just going to drag myself to church. And if anybody tells me, lift your hands and praise the Lord, I'm going to say, no, I'm not lifting my hands. Have you ever come to church? Well, one, thank you very much. i got some honest people out there. And all of a sudden, a song sung. Holy Spirit. You, and you find one hand going up. You find a tear coming down your eyes. Next thing you know, both hands are up in the air. And you, and you look at the air and say, what are you doing? We made an agreement. What's that? You've been made free, so you can't stay where you were. That's a bad word right there. When the Holy Spirit invades your home, when he invades your bedroom, when he invades your car, is anybody here, when the presence of the Lord got so heavy in your car, you had to pull over and get out your car and just praise the Lord? Has anybody ever done that? If you haven't, ask the Lord, but make sure that you turn off the ignition. <laughs> he said, you will know the truth. Now, this word, no, it, it's speaking of there is an awareness. There's a perception of the truth. There, it, there's an intimacy of the truth. It's sort of like Adam knew Eve, the Holy Spirit, wants us to know, have an intimate relationship with him so that we become pregnant with the things of God. What do you mean? Mary, in Luke chapter 1, verse 34, 35, she says, how, how, how can I get pregnant seeing that I don't know a man? And, and Gabriel, whose name, Gabriel's an angel, and his name in Hebrew means man of God, and he says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. In other words, there will be something that the Holy Spirit will plant in your, in your womb, Mary, and that's how you're going to bring forth. And, uh, and the point is that if, mm, Elder Leon, if we would sit still long enough, the Holy Spirit will plant the incorruptible seed of the word of God, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, I believe, and all of a sudden something will birth forth that will change everything. Visions are birthed forth. This whole building, the reason why we're here is because, one of the reasons, because I was walking in this building in August of 20, 2012. Walking in the basement and the Holy Spirit said to me, I want Pentecostal Tabernacle to restore this building on 56 Magazine Street I want you to restore it back to life. I want, ah, and he said to me, Haggai chapter 2, verse 9, and he said, the glory of the latter house. This church was built in, I believe, in 1886, but the glory of this house in 2021 will be greater than when the church building was first put up. Why? Because the Holy Ghost will do it. You need, you need the Holy Spirit to speak some truth to you. Why are you saying that, Bishop? Because too many of you are running your life on facts, and that's why you're not set free. Jessica, that's a bad word right there. I, I need to teach you again what is the difference between fact and truth. Because the Bible doesn't say the facts will set you free. The truth will set you free. And some of you know so much that you are ignorant of the truth. This is a tough area to live in, area meaning Cambridge, because 
you have the brightest minds, the most brilliant minds, and yet the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Dr. Ian, you spoke on this one time in prayer, and that is that the Spirit knows all things, even the deep things of God. Now, this is what it says. Keep going in that second chapter of 1 Corinthians by Paul. He says, the natural man cannot understand the things of the Spirit because they are foolishness to him. It's foolish. It's it's foolish, Lady Common, to take your income, give 10% of it to God, be left with 90%, but your 90% will be more than a person's 100%. That makes no sense. And so, you're saying the facts don't make any sense, and so you get bound by the facts. Oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help you out right here. It'll this is going to change your life if you go if you flow with this. You see, facts are what things appear to be right now. I, if I'm sick and I'm coughing. <laughs> and I got a fever. <laughs> I shouldn't come to this church with a fever. Are you hearing me? Brother Brother Sid shoots me with the temperature gun and the temperature says 102. And I'm saying, no, I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm not, no, I'm not sick. I'm not sick. Brother, brother, brother Sid will say, Pastor, you may say you're not sick, but the facts say you are, and you need to get up on out of here. Too often, we are lying to ourselves because the facts are the facts. But the facts are only how things are right now. Truth in English says a generally accepted outcome that usually cannot initially be seen. In other words, truth is the way the thing will end up. Facts is the way the thing is now. This is a bad word. This is why many of you get yourselves in trouble. Because the Bible says in Proverbs 14, verse 12, there is a way that seems right now to a person, but the end of that way, the truth, will end in death. One of my favorite comical, it shouldn't be funny, but Elder Roy and I, we talk about the, uh, Proverbs chapter 7. It talks about the young guy who sees a fine-looking woman. I, I'm, I'm bringing it up today, but read it for yourself. Every young man needs to memorize Proverbs 7. Because the wise men said, I looked out the window, and I saw a foolish Young man, walking down the street, and all of a sudden, fly girl, beautiful girl, said to him, hey, how you doing? My boo is not home. Come on with me. And the Bible says, see, the fact, the fact was that he was going to have a good time. But the wise man who knew the truth said he didn't real know, realize that he was like a sheep heading to the slaughter, that he thought he was going down into her lovely bed, but he did not know that her house were the steps to Sheol, 
you don't know what Sheol means, hell. He didn't know. He thought he was getting over. And many of you, the devil, the devil tricks you with facts so that he can destroy your truth. Whew, this boy is preaching. I'm trying to help you out. So, for example, if you could show the image. So, the fact is, thank you. The fact is, to the left of the screen, it's a caterpillar. That's a fact. That's how it is right now. The truth is, it's a butterfly. And if you wait long enough, the caterpillar who is, who is bound to the ground will turn into a caterpillar who will be able to soar. And right now, you may be a caterpillar, but if you wait long enough, you'll be soaring because the Bible says they that wait... I'm going to wait on him. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. I know this season is tough. I know this season is a struggle, but wait. I know you feel like I'm never. Like a caterpillar, you feel grounded. I'll never soar into the vision, into the dream, into the plan that God has for me. I will always be bound. Do not get caught up with the facts. What's the truth, Bishop? The blue truth always tells me no matter how bad things are. He says in Romans chapter 8, verse 12, and we misquote it, Romans chapter 8, verse 12 does not say, all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to the purpose. It doesn't say that. It's, you, you drop the first three important words. And we know. And we know. No matter how bad as things are. And we know. No matter how empty my pockets are, my bank account, no matter what, how much hell is breaking loose in my house, I have to know that all things and because I know all things work together for good in everything I can give him thanks because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning me and that's why he says in Philippians chapter 2 why you have to know the, you have to know the truth the truth, the word of God. He says in Philippians chapter 6, 4, verse 6 and 7, it says, be anxious for nothing but by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, we forget to give him thanks. Whew. Stop reacting to the facts as if the facts were the end of your story. Stop reacting to the facts. Well, what should I do, Bishop? <laughs> you need to respond to the truth. Jesus says, here's the truth. Jesus says in Mark chapter 4, verse 36, let us go over to the other side. That's the truth. Here's the facts. While we're going to the other side, there's a storm that will almost kill you. And some of us, as we're going over to the other side of vision and dream, some of you, you're trying to get from grade 5 to grade 6, from grade 8 to grade 9, from grade 12 to college, from undergrad to grad, while you're trying to go over to the other side, there are storms, facts, storms, discouragement, depression, uh, uh, failed courses, Zoom classes, all sorts of crazy things happening. But Jesus said, you're going to go to the other 
side. So don't jump out of the fellowship. That's a bad word right here. Don't jump out of the fellowship in the middle of a storm because you're drowned. And if Jesus is sleeping through your storm, then he ain't worried. And neither should you. Stop reacting to the storm. The storm is very real. But respond to the storm. Respond. See, oh, this is going to bless you. Oh, my goodness, I am preaching up in here. The word respond literally means, it comes from two Latin words, re, which means back, and spondo, which means promise. So what are you saying? When the storm hits you, hit it back with a promise. The the devil tempted Jesus three times, and he hit him back with the promise. If you're hungry, turn these rocks into bread. Let me hit you back with a promise. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 3 says, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So when the facts hit you with a bill that you can't pay and a bill that, my goodness, looks like it's going to take you under, hit the promise back with a promise. My God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. When you get a doctor's report, Hit it back with a promise. By his stripes, I was healed. When you feel like you're losing your mind, tell the devil that I have the peace of God, which past all understanding will guard, will guard my mind and my heart. Problem is we don't have enough promises to hit the devil back with. So we got to call the elders. We got to look at our favorite app. Download our favorite preacher. Some of us, if the if the internet went out, we, Algerini, <laughs> I guess we'd we'd be stuck just reading a Bible. What if? See, this is why you have to read the word. What if, now we know that Donald Trump, and this is not political, so get him out of your feelings. We know that Donald Trump was banned from Twitter and I think Facebook. What if the Bible was banned from the internet? So now you can't plug in your little word and use BibleGateway.com. You better know this word because there may be a day coming when this book will be illegal. Let me keep preaching. I'm trying to help us. So let me close with this. The Holy Spirit, and and so Jesus, look how Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, how he combated the enemy, how he combated, um, how he responded to the facts. Because the fact was, he was hungry. The fact was, the devil could actually give him the kingdom. But he knew the truth, which made him free to walk with God. I'm almost finished here. The Holy Spirit will guide me from living my life based on facts to living my life based on truth. That is God's reality. John 14, verse 16 says, 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. The Holy Spirit, his job, believe it or not, is not to get you uh, more blessings. I'm sorry for those of you who believe that. That's not his job. The Holy Spirit's job is not even limited to guiding you into the truth, although that's, that, that's definitely something that um, he will do. The Holy Spirit's job, got to read your Bible, his job is found in Romans chapter 8, verse 29. His job is to conform us into the image of Jesus. 
That's his job. And that's why Paul, brilliantly in his prayer, when he prayed for the Galatians, in Galatians chapter 4, verse 19, he says, I am, I am praying until Christ is formed in you. The same Holy Spirit was in Jesus. He wants to be in us. We have to pray and stop responding, reacting to the facts. We well, say, Bishop, how can, I, how can I start understanding the truth? 2 Kings chapter 6. Yeah, 2 Kings chapter 6. Elisha's servant comes out and he sees the Syrian army. He's, they're outnumbered and he's like, oh my goodness, Elijah, we're, we're in trouble. We're done. We're, we're, it's over. Elisha comes out and, and looks at his servant, but he sees a different picture. He says, oh, dude, don't worry. There's more on our side than on their side. And, and Elijah's servant looking at, looking at him and saying, what are you talking about? Can you not see the facts that we are surrounded by Syrian armies? And Elijah prayed, rather than arguing with him, Elder Nita, he prayed, said, God, open his eyes so that he can see, and I'll add on what I see. And when the Lord opened his eyes, he saw behind the Syrian army the armies of fiery chariots of the angelic hosts. What would happen if you could see the hand of God covering your situation? You would react differently. You would, re, you would be like, whoo, thank you, Jesus. Whoo, see, see. How you respond lets me know whether you're reacting to facts or truth. Now, come on, be honest with me. Let's be honest. Initially, we will react. Trust me, I, I do that all the time. I react until the Holy Spirit kind of says, hey, 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 stop it. You know that's not the truth. That's just a fact. That's only today. If I did it before, I'll do it again. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Tell somebody, you have too many stories. Say that. No, say this with me. Say, say, this, say this with me. I have too many stories of God's faithfulness to me to be reacting the way I've been reacting. You have too many journals of how God brought you out. You have too many testimonies of how God brought you out to stay in discouragement where you are. I'm not saying we won't get discouraged, but God's blue truth. Let me end with this. One of my favorite examples and pictures. If you can show the next slide. This is a picture of, yeah, yeah. So the picture on the left was Vanessa when she was two. She looks so cute. And I, we remember that picture. And the picture on the right was taken on Mother's Day. There's a 30-year difference in that picture. Well, what are you saying, Bishop? I'm saying that when she was two, I didn't pray. Elder Nita, am I preaching up here? I didn't pray as if she was going to stay two for the rest of her life. I started praying about college. I started praying about jobs. I started praying about husband. I started praying about not the facts, but the truth. Your prayers ought to be covering not simply the facts, but the truth. What God has for your future. Right now, some of you, you have children and, and who, we, we had a baby boom 
uh, over the past few years, you ought to be praying that your child gets the scholarship and finances and, and your, ch your ch child meets the right friends in school. One bad friend can mess up your child's life. And that, and that friend that can mess up their life is not going to be in nursery school. It's not going to be preschool. You ought to be praying for your child while they're in about their, about their high school mates. Forget high school, grammar school, high school, college. Help them to bump into the right people. I, I, when we pray that way, and I'll, and I'll end with this, uh, uh, God bless. You know, when Vanessa was, was struggling, you know, she's in a, a, in a school where she's one of the few, well, she's one of, A, she's one of the few blacks in the school. Secondly, she's probably one of the only saved people in the school. And then thirdly, she's the only black who's probably not a part of Mecco, so she is totally feeling like, like an outcast and, 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 and discouraged and where's my community? And Lady Kam and I were praying about the fact that God, give her friends. And, and in the eighth grade, by the grace of God, as she was going into high school, when she got into high school, she met Raquel. And some of you know Raquel. She's been friends with Raquel since they were about 12 or 13. And I am always grateful for that answer prayer. Because at a time when Vanessa needed a godly friend, a friend who went on missions trip, a friend who loved God, God answered our prayers with Raquel. So I'm asking right now, I want to bless the graduates. And I want to give you a blessing not based on facts. No, preschool to regular school. Grammar school, middle school to high school. High school to college. Undergrad the post-grad. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to pray and bless you based on where you are. I don't want to bless you based on fact. I want to bless you based on the truth. So I'm going to ask that they begin to show the slideshow of the graduates. And as you See those graduates, you can put your hands out and bless them and pray for them right now. And those of you who are graduates, I want you to put your hands out if you're watching this, whether you're watching this live or you're watching it, the recording, I want you to put your hands out because I'm going to bless you with a graduation blessing based on the word of God. The etymology of the word graduation means the process of the next step. The word grade actually means in Latin, step. And so I want to bless your next step. Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 10 to 14 in the expanded Bible version says this. This is what the Lord says. I will come to you and I'll keep my promise and confirm my good word to you. I say this because I know what plans I'm planning for you, says the Lord. I have good plans for you. Plans for your peace, your shalom, and plans for your security. I don't have plans to hurt you and I don't have plans to harm you. The Lord will give you hope and a good that is a God future. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. The Lord will come to you. You will pray to the Lord and he will listen to you. You will search for the Lord and when you search for the Lord with all your heart, you will find the Lord. I will let you find me, says the Lord. 
First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 and 10, there was a man named Jabez. The name Jabez literally means full of sorrow. His life was so full of sorrow but he, that he prayed this prayer, and I'm going to turn his prayer into a blessing so that no matter what facts hit you, this will be your truth. And this truth will make you free. May the Lord bless you with successful grace, his successful grace. Put your hands out. Because of the blood of Jesus, may this moment activate your regularly experiencing an unquestionable lead into the favor of God as you take your next step in life. May Father God increase your sphere of influence. May God enlarge and expand anything which limits or prevents your abilities from attaining its highest achievements that the Lord has ordained for your life. May the Lord keep his hand in your life and on your life. May, your, may you live your life by the provision that comes from God's hand and not from the provision that comes from your hand. May the Lord fill you with his Holy Spirit. May the Lord help you to live by a faith that comes from his grace. May the Lord keep his hand on your life strategically like a chess piece. You are his bride. You are his queen. I want to pause right there. I have, those of you who are familiar with chess, you know that the most insignificant, the most invaluable piece on the chessboard is the pawn. But if the pawn makes it to the other side of the board, it becomes a queen, the most powerful piece on the board. And my prayer is that God will keep your hand, his hand on your life, strategically moving you so that you'll become his queen, his powerhouse, his bride that he needs in the earth. May the Lord through his Holy Spirit form Christ within your hearts and lives, according to Galatians chapter 4, verse 19, to the place where people see you and they, when they see you, they see a picture and a portrait of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ through your life. And finally... May the Lord bless you to be kept by Father God. May God grant each of you his sustaining grace. May God keep you from all evil and the evil one, Satan. May the Lord keep you away from temptation. May the Lord keep you safe. May the Lord keep you from doing anything that would destroy his purpose, his plan, and his destination for your life in Christ. And may God save all of us from ourselves and save all of us from the devil and the evil one. I bless you as you take the next step in your life in the name of our Father and Son and the Lord Jesus Christ and the Spirit. And everybody say, I receive that blessing for the next level. God bless you. And remember, we walk by faith not by sight, and it is God's truth, the word of God, that makes us free. God bless you. Keep your liberty in the Lord. Following today's sermon, if you desire us to pray with you, please go to ptspice.org forward slash pray for me where you can join our post-service prayer room or submit a written prayer request the prayer room will be open for 30 minutes after the end of service we want you to know that we are here for you
Thank you.